0: I'm Andy from Creative Matters, and you're listening to Creative Matters on Air, where I have conversations with new and established artists from around New Zealand. I love to listen to artists' stories and learn about their creative process, and maybe you do too, which is why I've made this podcast to inspire, inform, and educate. I hope you can take away something positive and encouraging from each of these amazing stories to help you on your own creative journey. Hi and welcome to Creative Matters episode 21. Thank you so much for listening. This morning I'm talking to Ingrid Boot. Ingrid is a painter influenced mainly by beauty as well as fashion history, fashion photography, movie icons and old things from the 20th century. Her paintings are all about style and elegance, portraying the beauty of the female form with a surreal stylized realism. Ingrid lives in Orewa, north of Auckland, and immigrated to New Zealand from the UK in 2000. Over the years, Ingrid has explored other themes and subject areas that might seem unexpected, ranging from classic cars to abstract works, They all share the same characteristic precision and attention to detail. Each work is the product of many stages of research, drawing, composition, creation and refinement. Often Ingrid will dream up the outfits worn on her ladies, placing great importance on every detail, from the stitching on a dress to each jewel on a necklace. And as a final touch, there is a unique element in all of her paintings. If you look hard enough you will find a signature camouflaged illustration tucked away in each of her paintings. Welcome to Creative Matters on Air, Ingrid.
1: Thank you very much. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you for inviting me. It's really nice to be here.
0: Oh, it's great. And uh, I've heard a lot about you. I think one of our previous guests, Marion, did a art class with you, I think, and she highly recommended you. Yeah, and she's
1: very complimentary in her um her podcast. Which yes. blew me away, made me a little bit teary when she said nice things.
0: Oh, it's so nice. So yeah, you gotta mention in her podcast. Um and um yeah, I haven't really I didn't really know you before she told me about you and didn't know your work, although it seemed a little bit familiar to me. Um so yeah, once I started researching, I was just <laughs> like, oh my god, wow. Such <laughs> incredible paintings. Thank you. And I really can't wait to hear all the all the um you know, all about your journey and, and your practice and your process. So it's gonna be a goodie. So um to the audience, you can um see Ingrid's work on the blog, which is on creativematters.co.nz. dot nz. And also um, we have links at the bottom of that blog for Ingrid's website and her social media, so you can check out her beautiful work there. Okay, Ingrid, let's go right back to
1: the beginning. Can you tell
0: us where you were born and something about your childhood?
1: Um, I grew up in a town called Eastcote, which is northwest of London, um, and lived there until I left, basically, after university um mum was a computer programmer mum and dad were both quite creative but they didn't really go that way um, dad was an analytical chemist for Heinz um, and I've got one sister and when do you want to go to school now when, when I started school well actually before I started school mum and dad were quite strict especially dad was quite strict and we weren't really allowed to watch that much television um Jewelry wasn't really allowed. Makeup really wasn't allowed. Really? Nothing like frivolous. Oh, wow. um, but there was always pens and paper available to like because Mum was a um, computer programmer. There was always computer paper around, and just we were encouraged to draw and you know just spend our time not watching television but doing something a little bit more constructive mm. instead. And I was just obsessed with drawing, capturing anything that I could. And uh, I haven't asked Mum and Dad this, but I just got these visions of old black and white photographs of Marilyn Monroe and Marlene Dietrich. And there's another one of a man with a pipe. I don't know who that was that I used to copy and used to think they were just magnificent and like the ladies in their nice outfits and stuff, whether it was because we weren't really, that wasn't really the done thing in our house. Um, But I just loved to capture that and Mm. try and draw that. That's um, interesting. All the way back
0: from, you know, when you were
1: five. Yeah, never landscapes, never... Animals always, ladies. That's incredible. Yeah,
0: and um, do you think that they, your parents, had that kind of thing on the walls, or was there there wasn't a a poster or
1: something that was inspired? Absolutely not. Mum and Dad are they're just they're very humble. They're very lovely. They're very humble. They're not flashy. Um, They yeah, they're just normal, nice people Mm. they didn't they would never have had that we weren't allowed to listen to pop music it's all classical amazing um so
0: so where did that come from do you think that well i don't
1: know i don't know i don't know i just used to look i used to try and like make clothes for my cindy doll and stuff like that i just used to like the fashion and Mm. making things look pretty and not me pretty but just other things that's
0: really interesting It's just sort of in
1: your DNA by the sounds of it. I think it must be, yeah. Yeah. I think dad would rather it if it was landscapes were in my DNA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <If> not. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And um, did you enjoy, you know, getting dressed up yourself? Did you sort of translate that interest for fashion to no. your own
1: life? No, I, I loved um, fashion design when I was a bit older, when I was at school and stuff, but never for me just to see. I just like what it looks like. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating.
0: So, going through school, you, do, you just kept drawing all the way through,
1: did you? I just loved art. Absolutely loved art. I loved my teacher. Um, so, back in England, we did GCSEs, which is like NCA mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And then, uh, and then after that, you do A levels, and then you specialise. So, I specialised in um, art. Textiles and economics—that economics because economics, I thought you had to do a brainy subject and I hated it. <laughs> but art and textiles was my absolute passion. I just loved mm. doing art. Mm.
0: And that, so you were actually doing sort of work with fabric as well as, yeah, a, as painting. Made and my own
1: ball gown for the for the sixth form ball. Oh,
0: and that makes sense, doesn't it, with your interest in yeah. in fashion.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can just create what you want. And-
0: yeah. Wow. <laughs> and so through after high school you you obviously you know had a big focus for art then where did you take your art after that
1: So me and my sister were quite lucky cuz mum and dad just encouraged us to do what you know what made us happy but when we were growing up our family was you just you do one sport you play a musical instrument and you go to university so it wasn't a forced thing it was just that was life mm um but you do what you love so I was always encouraged to do art and there was nothing else I was ever going to be I was only ever going to be a mum and an artist that was that was my thing in life um but when you've done your A-levels you don't in England you didn't go straight to university you had to do an art foundation I don't know whether it's the same here Mm. so you do a one-year art foundation when they do they sort of basically you teach you to forget what you've learned in school and you do a whole range of different things. Yeah,
0: we do do that here.
1: And so that when you go to university, you come from a broader base rather than a very mm. narrow base and which was, it was lovely. It was mm. really, really good experience. What a treat. Um, yeah. And then uh, from that, I went to De Montfort University to do a graphic design degree. And in the first year, you did audio graphic design or illustration, and then you specialised and that's when i specialized in illustration
0: oh interesting and did did you feel like that was the way you were always going to go you were going to end up with an illustration focus or you, did you have an open mind at that point um
1: i suppose it could have been it could have been fine art but i really liked the i really liked that i did illustration i think you've got rather than just doing a a pure fine arts degree by doing what i did if there was something else that you might have found you were better at then you could go that way Mm-hmm. but it sort of honed in, like the whole point of the three-year course was for you to hone in where your journey was basically and yeah. your style and to, to to capture your style. When I went for the interview, I went with another boy.
0: Oh, that's my dog. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to let her in and then I'll be back with you. Okay, the dog is in place. Carry
1: on, <laughs> Ingrid. So when I went for the interview at De Montfort, I went with a, another boy, another well, bloke from my art foundation course and his portfolio was just stunning. It was like he could, he could have sold his work and gone out to work right then and there. It was perfect. There was me with my scruffy sketchbook bits all over the place, really scruffy, nothing really made sense. And it was just all over the place. And I was thinking, I'm never going to get in here. and My work's just too scruffy. It's not finished. And then um, I found out that he didn't actually get a place in it because he'd already found his way Oh, Whereas, really? They looked at mine and they said, You've got so many ideas. We need to have you. Ah. Like, you, you because they probably could mould me. Well not mould me, but you know, I could find my own right way direction. because I had like all these ideas and everything. Wow, so that's interesting, that was, isn't yeah. it? And
0: was that guy anyone famous now? Did he end up? I don't think up... so.
1: No, I don't I don't oh. know what he's doing now. But his work was just stunning.
0: That's amazing. I wonder if he did end up, you know, did I don't know
1: I don't I don't think many people do continue with their art, though, sadly, because it's quite hard to make a living out Mm. of it. Um, That's
0: a shame, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So how did you find university?
1: Absolutely loved it. Really? I I don't really recall too much of the first year when we had to do the graphic design and the audiovisual, but it's just the illustration was just lovely. We do life drawing once a week. I loved life drawing. Um, And then we had briefs. It wasn't just drawing it's like thinking about stuff and designing posters you had a brief you'd um, have to design a book cover you all these different things but the one thing that um, I remember was was a thing called reportage so like a journalist would go somewhere and make notes and stuff we had to try and capture a place by by doing drawing and you had to go in couples and some people Got the Walker's Crisp factory, which was really nice. Other people got the ballet school, which I would have loved. And me and my friend got Leicester Bus Repair Garage. And we were like, <laughs> no, and it was in the middle of winter. It was so cold. <laughs> so what, every week we had to toddle off to Leicester Bus Repair Garage, which is this really massive warehouse, which was smoky and diesely and oily and dark and smelly <laughs> and um, uh, we used to go with our hot water bottles and we used to stuff them up our top and then we had to go and um, try and capture what it was to, to be in this place with our paints or whatever and I remember the first time we went and I did this cute little A4 drawing of a bus on its jack and um, uh, the next day it was like quite realistic I was like oh yeah this is quite nice and then the next day we all had to put our drawings up on the wall at uni and we had our weekly crit. And the Italian, feisty Italian lecturer person was looking at them and he looked at mine and he ripped it off the wall, ripped it in half, screwed it up, put it in the bin. He goes, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. It oh looks like God. it's floating in the middle of like space. You haven't grounded it. Why have you done it in pencil? You're drawing big buses that are dirty and, you know, being fixed. And um, I was so upset. The drawing probably wasn't brilliant. But I was just upset that he embarrassed me and I was so angry. So the next week I went with a massive tub of black paint and a big paintbrush, a two bit of paper and I just cut, like just did this big fat painting, (laughs) stuck it up the next day. I'm like, yeah, you see that. And uh, he goes, this is amazing. This is really really How interesting. and it was a really good life lesson,
0: yeah, 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 handling the criticism for one,
1: yeah, and also capturing like if I'd had gone to the ballet school, mm. there's no way you would have got a big tub of black paint and done it in a big grungy style. Mm. so from that point of view, it was a really good lesson, yeah, and not nice lesson, because it made me cry a little bit,, Aww. but it was still. I'm really pleased because I wouldn't have found yeah. this other way of working.
0: Yeah. And he obviously pushed you out of your comfort zone, which… I need a push. …was a good thing. Every yeah. now
1: and then, yeah. Yeah.
0: Don't we all? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So, um, what else do you remember about university?
1: University? Oh, just um like even at weekends, we'd take ourselves off to do more sketching because we just loved… We'd go to funny seaside towns like Skegness, which was so funny. Um, And we'd just go to the zoo or we'd just go on our own time and just do more sketching. And Mm. just uh, because I was at Leicester and I lived in London, I had to move to Leicester. Um, So I was in a house with other girls and just the whole lifestyle was Mm. really, really fun. Student lifestyle. Yeah. And also just the fact that when you're at uni, you just have to play. It doesn't matter. You just got to push yourself in all these different directions and you can see you're in a really creative environment and everyone's got different styles. So my best friend, Helena, who I still absolutely adore today, her, she would do more children's book illustrations with watercolor and pen and I would do like these big grungy things. Um, but everyone was different, and mm. you had a relate. Like the illustration department had a relationship with the graphic design department. Now, I remember them saying that when you leave, you need to sort of keep in contact because one goes with the other. Mm. Um, and I think when it's quite interesting when we when we did the course, I was very purist, and and they were saying utilize who's here, and I'm like, no, I will get a job from you know my work and my experience and. I'm not networking. I'm not that sort of person. And um, they don't, they didn't really tell you what you do as an illustrator. What you do when you leave university. Mm. So I went and I got one job for a British Airways magazine um, to do an illustration for that through one of the graphic designers. And apart from that, there was nothing. And so it's like, well, you don't really know what to do. Yeah,
0: and they don't really prepare you for the
2: business they don't. side I of things. I think today's,
1: I think today's at university, they they yeah. do. Yeah. Um. But back then, so I ended up just working for a photographic library, not doing like in sales, not doing anything to no, do really? with my art. Yeah. And
0: were you actually? Did you have your own practice at that time on no. the side?
1: No, you didn't. No,
0: I find that really hard to believe because you're I, so passionate about it, but you just you just put it to the side.
1: Yeah, didn't you? I didn't really know what to do, didn't. Mm.
0: And at the end of university, and um, were you actually starting to focus on the sort of. 20th century fashion and those kind of
1: themes that you – No. Nothing. No. Um, I don't actually – that's probably in the past 10 years, probably 12 years, something like that, that oh I have realised. I don't analyse stuff very much. I just do. And uh, don't sort of explore why I do things. I just do them. Mm. And it's not until I did my Vogue show in two thousand. 16, Seventeen? Um, that I actually realised this is this is what makes me kick. That's I love I love this. Really, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Wow.
0: So all through from university through your life, I mean, you must have got into your art into an art practice of some form at some point. Yeah. Um. So when was that that you actually started? Painting? I
1: think um, when we moved to New Zealand. So I finished uni in nineteen ninety four. And then I worked for a photographic library and then I missed my boyfriend because he was still in Leicester at the university there. So um, I moved up to Leicester to be with him and I worked in sales for a printing company, which was just oh so, goodness. so awful. Yeah. Was,
0: and were you pining didn't... for your art at that point? No,
1: not really. Not really. I just wanted to be with my boyfriend, <laughs> who's now my husband.
0: <laughs> oh, please. Um,
1: And so I just worked for the printing company. I didn't really enjoy sales. It's not me at all. It's like, if you don't want something, then I'm not going to sell it to you because I I don't think I can persuade you to do anything that you don't want to do. Mm. Um, But we ended up uh, moving over here in 2000 and I worked in a flower shop in Red Beach and uh, I just started making cards and stuff like that, little gift cards and stuff. And I tried to sell them um, to different places and then I just started, because I was only working part-time, I could do more art. And I, when mm. we got our own house and stuff, I, I did a little bit more. And uh, I'm, not this, I'm, not, I'm, I'm much more proactive now. But back then, I was like, oh, I don't really know what to do. And somebody said to me, oh, you should, you should start selling your work on Trade Me. I'm like, oh, okay then. So <laughs> I started selling my work on Trade Me. That went really well. And then somebody else said, oh, there's an exhibition up at Snell's Beach. You really should enter it. I'm like, oh, okay then <laughs> so I did that and I won a little award really? and then someone else said all completely separate people mm. oh um you really should put your work into a gallery I'm like oh okay so i go I went into um I think I started off in a cafe actually in Browns Bay he sold so much work really and then um I approached a gallery in Devonport which I don't think's there anymore art of this world I don't think it's uh, there. no it's not art uh, by the sea there's art by the sea that, yeah. there used to be another one called oh okay opposite the ferry building there and yeah. um, and they said, "Oh yeah, we'll have your work." And I was like, "Really?" And they said, oh, yeah. So, um, and what
0: was your work like then? What, oh, what were you all painting? sorts,
1: all sorts. I remember there was a couple of nudes because I'd like nudes, um, flowers. I I remember doing some frangipanis, which really weren't very good. Um, just I think it was it probably was f- figurative. Oh, but then the fashion back then was. Toy toys and New Zealand natives and stuff like that. So I jumped on that bandwagon and did did a, did a bit of that, <laughs> which didn't really thrill me very much. But they but they did quite well. And then I went to the gallery owner and I said, I think I'd like to do a solo. I've been there probably a couple of years. I think I think I'd like to do a solo show. And they sort of giggled a little bit and said, Really? And I'm like, Yes, please. So um, I went and did a, a solo show there. And it was the first time that I'd done a solo show. And whereas in the past, I just painted what I wanted when mm. I wanted. Mm. But the point of a solo show is that you actually get a body of work That's and it's right. all got to gel together. Yeah. So I remember driving down to Albany like a few months before, I my husband going, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Because I would have done nudes, but nudes are very limited. And as an artist, you sort of think, What's going to sell? What do mm. I want to paint? But mm. what's going to sell?
0: Yeah, and I guess the audience is, is more limited.
1: Yeah. Even though all my nudes were very tasteful, they were back views. They weren't boobies and stuff like that. Um, so uh, then I was thinking, oh, what can I do? And I quite liked the, the classic cars at that stage. I don't know why I like classic cars, but mm. I just like classic cars. It's going back to the, uh, the bus factory. <laughs> Probably, yes. Yes. And, um, and I thought that'd be quite nice. And because I liked fashion history – I thought it was quite nice. You can combine the ladies mm. with the fashion of the era of the car. Mm. And uh, I thought that'd be quite good because that appeals to quite a few people mm. and it appeals to me, more importantly. Um, and so then was the task of trying to find cars because I set up all my own photo shoots. Mm. And
0: we'll talk about that but, later, your amazing process.
1: So just trying to find cars, but the process for that, because there's in Christchurch there's lots of cars. But up here, there's not a huge amount to choose Mm, from. Of old cars. So So
0: from the sort of 50s or 40s. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I quite like European ones, not the big American ones. That's Mm. what I was sort of trying to find. Mm. But I chased cars down the road. I knocked on people's doors because I saw a car drive down a road. And I thought, oh, he must live down there. So I knocked on lots of doors just to try and find. Really?
0: That's so interesting. I mean, as I said, we'll, we'll get into your process a bit later, but... Was it not, even at that point, it wasn't enough to find a photo no. in a magazine or no. online? No. You had to find the actual car yeah. and then create your own composition.
1: I I, I'm not very good at making things up and I want things to look realistic and I want them to look believable. And so the lighting, for example, is really important. Um, if Um If you see a car like in like a museum or something like that, you've always got the reflection of the lights above mm. if it's in like a building or mm. something. Um, all of that sort of thing is really important to me. Yeah. And You've got so many shiny reflective bits on a car that you want it to look real. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to hear all about that process. And um, So just going back to that exhibition, how did that go? Did you end up actually having all cars and women? All yeah. of the paintings were, were cars oh, and women?
1: From, oh, well, no, because um, – uh, there was one with a sofa I think you've got it on your one of the paintings that you've got on your blog is the, the lady blog. with the, the yeah sofa yeah. Um, there used to be an Anna Stretton shop in Ariwa yeah. and my sister said oh my goodness there's the most beautiful sofa in there you need to see it so I went in there and I said oh can I do a photo shoot in here and so she said oh yeah sure and I said I've got an exhibition coming up and she goes, oh, no, and you can use any of the clothes from the store. Like, oh,
0: yeah, oh, which would nice. be great. I yes. think it's beautiful clothing. So
1: me and my – because I used to use my sister as a model or me as a model. So we went and just had a big fat photo shoot. And um, this was alongside doing the cars and everything mm. else. It was – this was all part of the theme. And um, so I said to the lady, do you think we could borrow your sofa for the window display for the preview night? She goes, yeah, sure. What so we that? had that. And then uh, all the car owners – I said, oh, do you think we could line your cars up outside the oh gallery God, for the opening amazing. night? And they said, oh, we're going to have to get them fixed, get them waft, get them whatever. But they all loved it. They all said, oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. So there was about five of these old beautiful cars lined up outside oh, wow. the sofa in the window. And then um, she let me and my sister wear an the, the arrest lady. Let us wear outfits from her store and it all sort of like just tied in together. Yeah, how beautiful. So it sounds all so the, fun. All the women were inside, well, the men were outside with the bonnets <laughs> open.
0: <laughs> That's so great. And that really kind of encompasses your whole um, approach now, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm much more extreme now, though. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to hear yeah. about it. <laughs> so, uh, and that was obviously successful, that exhibition.
1: I think I sold five paintings. I didn't know if that was successful or not, but they said that was very successful. So, mm. yeah, I was mm. very pleased with that.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant, and very brave of you to just you know
1: go out there and do a
0: solo show.
1: I suppose it was my husband. My husband's really supportive, and he would have like been kicking me along the way. Come on, good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Quite a lot of our guests have had supportive partners who have been like set stuff up so that it actually happens just at that initial time. Oh, he's
1: just. No, he's my biggest supporter, but absolutely my biggest critic as well. Mm. So he makes sure my quality is really? right up there. Yeah.
0: Oh wow! And how do you find it when he tells you something about your painting that you don't want to hear?
1: If I agree with it, then it's fine. But if I don't, then he gets a few swift words.
0: <laughs> I can imagine. I'm not sure how well I'd receive George telling me things about my paintings.
1: Oh, I, think, I need the good stuff. I think it. No, I think it's important. So if I've if I think I've finished a painting, or if I think there might be a couple of things that I'm not sure about, I'll get Boots, my husband's name is Heath, but I call him Boot, mm. Boots and my daughter Mia, I'd get them to come into the studio and I say, Can you just pick this painting apart? Mm. And sometimes like, Oh, that's not very nice <laughs> uh-huh. But most of the time they sort of if, if they pick up things that I'm thinking aren't quite right then I'll yeah. do them. But if they pick up other things and I I think oh, I don't agree with you, so so
0: you won't change it necessarily. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, with my work being abstract, I think it's it's harder to comment on. But I guess you're trying to get something very realistic. So is that yeah. is that the the kind of the point of view you, you want your family to look at your paintings at that point when you're getting
1: their their opinion? Yes, probably. Yes, probably. Does Just it to feel make sure it's right belie- believable? Believable. A lot of. I suppose a lot of, if you're doing figurative, if the face doesn't look right, nobody's going to want it. You know, you've got to, that's probably the primary thing that, like obviously the proportions and everything like mm. that, but you've got you've to gotta have a nice feeling within the painting mm. and to make sure that all the colours work, the lighting works and mm. the facial expression. Like because quite a lot of my work, I quite like, they're quite serene and quite calm and just to making sure that everything sort of, ties in nicely and sort of – it's like a puzzle, isn't it? You've got to jigsaw bits, make mm. sure they all fit together.
0: Yeah, and just work for people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can see why that would be helpful. Um, so what happened after the exhibition? Where did you
1: go from there? Um, so I think I did other exhibitions. So like you, I don't know whether you remember the Mazda artworks at the Hilton.
0: No, I don't.
1: They used to do these exhibitions – I don't know if it was every year, called the Mazda Artworks at the Hilton Hotel. And they had a corporate section. And the corporate section, all your paintings had to be at least a metre by a metre, if not bigger. And uh, I don't know how the lady found out about it. I might have been from the gallery. Um, she said, oh, we want you to put some work in for this. So it was like really big work. And I'm like, oh, okay. And um, they auctioned the ones off in the corporate section. And uh, I remember this was probably... A couple of years after or a year after I did my solo show and I did this lovely painting of the back of a um, a black BMW with a lady with a Weimaraner sitting out and it was all like that sort of end of the day, those sort of dusky tones. And uh, there was a massive bidding frenzy at the end of it. I was like, oh, this is so exciting. And the money was going up and up and up. And I'm like, oh, look at this. And I was like checking it and I was telling to boot. Look, look, it's got to this. It's so exciting. So it sold. And then uh, the organisers, she said oh, the other couple are so upset. You're going to have to paint one similar for them. I'm like, oh, okay. Really? And then because they've bid that, that will have to pay the same amount of money. I'm like, oh, okay then.
0: Oh, wow. So that was
1: lovely, yeah. And then to just doing different exhibitions mm. like that. Um, I think I entered the the New Zealand Paint and Print Making Awards and I think I was a finalist in that. Um, the Easter award, the Easter show won the big prize in that. Which wow. was so funny because the man, John, T- I think John Towers, when he called me, I was in the middle of New World and he said, is this Ingrid Boots? And I said, yes. And he goes, you've actually won the big KG Fraser Award uh, and the Easter show. And I thought it was my friend Rick being silly. I said, that's not even funny, Rick. Don't be so horrible. <laughs> and he goes, no, seriously, you've won the big award. And I'm like, really? Yeah. oh my goodness yeah so that was very exciting And what was the painting for the Easter show it was called stolen moment and it was sort of in the black grungy style that i did like dry brush that i did for the buses um and it was just a lady in the, in a car it was a photo shoot it was i was the model um in an old jaguar and mm. but i th- like car buffs oh it's a jaguar they can just tell mm. by the, the knobs that you know the the, the door lock knobs and stuff like that, yeah. or the shape of the window. Um, so that that won the award. And wow. then from then I just just approached more galleries or galleries approached me and mm. just and carried then,
0: on. And by then you were full-time painting?
1: Yes. So, um, well, I stopped, I stopped at the art shop, uh, sorry, the flower shop when Mia was born. And then I didn't, I think I went back there part-time, but it just didn't didn't really work mm. and so I just carried on painting but my husband had an advertising agency so uh, he sort of earned plenty enough so I didn't really have to make the money so I could just play but I would put it into my head that I'll earn em- enough money for Mia to go to kinder care couple of afternoons and then I would earn enough money for Mia's swimming lessons and I would earn so I had my own Um, Goals Mm. Basically Mm. To keep it To keep it moving Financial goals Yeah
0: Yeah So you felt like you were contributing Absolutely In some way Yeah And then I guess you just Got busier and busier And had different galleries Showing your work And And you Had to paint full time
1: Yeah To keep up With demand Yeah Yeah. And even though like Before Mia started school at five You think When she starts school I'm going to have so much more time to paint But that time seems to go quicker Yeah and it's it's only like me is nineteen now, and I think it's only since she started driving i've actually thought I've got all this time to paint mm. now, and I've got the time that even though I still think there's not enough hours in the day to paint what I want to paint, mm. but I just feel now that you've got the the time to actually dedicate to it properly, yeah,
0: and I think that's when a lot of artists or women in general come into their own, don't they, yeah often when the children are more independent. And you have more time. Yeah. Yeah. And more headspace. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. So you have done, you know, these beautiful paintings kind of fit into different series,
1: really, don't they? Ah, uh, yes. So, <laughs> so when, I did, when I did the cars, um, they were really nice. But then somebody said to me, oh, it looks just like a photograph. And even though I want it to look realistic... I didn't like that they said that. I just mm. thought well, you may as well have a photograph on your wall, and so then I thought, how can I change to to it not being so realistic? So I stretched my ladies. So I started off with it's probably it's I call them skinny ladies, long skinny ladies, and they, but they were normal size, so they'd be sitting on a chair drinking tea or doing whatever. Um, but then I wanted to push that a little bit further, and it, I love painting things close up I like to paint the intricacies of something so you can see every little tiny bit that's going on in something and I thought well if I actually blow things up and make my ladies little I got the best of both worlds mm. the, the ladies are still the main part of the painting yeah. but then everything else is blown up around her interesting and so that's how the little ladies came about
0: oh that is so interesting and something that could have been a negative comment from someone has yeah. really informed your practice going forward yeah it, with that series yeah yeah
1: yeah. And I was, it was a bit of a, it was quite scary. Um, I was at Parnell Gallery at the time and hadn't really done that many little lady paintings. And I said to them, well, you know, can I do a solo show? And uh, I sort of took a bit of a risk and did all little lady paintings. Mm. And the sales before then had been very quiet because I'd gone through a few stages not knowing what to do. I think I did cows and sheep and just different things. Um, and my sales had gone down and I was feeling a little bit sorry for myself and feeling a bit, ooh, what am I going to do? So did these little ladies not knowing how they do and they did so well. And uh, that was it for the next few years because there's so much scope you could do with them. Mm, yeah. So from the the first show was very varied. They were just all little ladies. But then the next one I did was little ladies of leisure. So I could do the golf. I could do – sewing I could just do like ho- like leisure hobbies and stuff mm. and then the one after that I did pin ups which was really nice mm. um
0: and that was sort of coming back to the 20th century fashion at that point or not not
1: then a little bit a little bit it was all like oops I just showed things, things <laughs> like that—they're a little bit cheeky yeah
2: um
1: but they all had lovely outfits mm. and then like the one after that was perfumes so they had beautiful outfits, mm. and then I thought. After that, I thought I think I've exhausted this now. I need to, I need to move on. Really? And so, do
0: you ever paint little ladies now? Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I so did store this car. year. I just because I've I've tried, started in oils this year, and I just love painting little ladies with perfume bottoms, perfume perfume bottoms. Sorry, <laughs> perfume bottles. Um, uh-huh. so I did three in January because I just. I just wanted to get them out of my system. Mm. I do love them. But so I I love my vintage Vogue, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's another series we'll talk about in a second. So um, it's interesting that, you know, the way you got into the little ladies and, and that they are still kind of there. Yeah. And they come and go in your life kind of thing.
1: Well, I think I've got two different audiences. I think some people – or th- I think people used to really love the cars. And then when I did the little ladies, some of them dropped off. But then other people really liked little ladies – and then when I did the vintage Vogue, other people go, "I really like your little ladies." Mm. So mm. I'm just I'm just painting what I want to paint, and
0: yeah. And you're picking up an audience every time with every
1: series. But just uh, I think different things apply. Um, different things. Just people people like different things, don't they? Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so it's quite nice to kind of give a variety, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Especially if that's what you're wanting to do. It is. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. And so tell us more about the Vogue paintings so the vogue paintings um i started with a gallery called bread and butter gallery in fitianga and i said i want to do a i want to do a show um and i'd met a model who i did some before i did my own vogue show um i did some mary antoinette paintings and i did a photo shoot with this woman that i just she's, she's the first model that i've ever hired and I met her in a life drawing class and I looked and I thought, you have got something. I don't think she even had any makeup on, but she just had that something. And I asked her if she would model for me, which she did for the Marie Antoinette paintings. But I, she had this classic look and I said to her, we need to do some vintage Vogue um, like themed paintings. And so I came up with the idea of looking back at vintage Vogue covers and just... didn't I didn't set up all of my paintings on but a few of them just as a starting point and I got all the outfits and she's just got the most beautiful beautiful perfect vintage Vogue look um and so we did a a Vogue show called on Vogue which is the first time I used a a model like that and also just one model for the whole show Mm. um but it went so well so well but the before I, before I started all these paintings, um, I had a lady come up to me and she said, Oh, um, would you do a commission for me? And she said, it's based on this photograph. So it was a photograph by a photographer called Norman Rockwell. And it was a, uh, like a 1950s lady all in a nice suit with a suitcase. And all you could see was the propeller of a wing of a plane. And she said, it's a, a DC three. She said, oh, I want a DC three. I'm a pilot and I want a DC three in it. And I said, oh, I think my neighbours have got a DC-3. So I went round next door and on their van that had Fly DC-3. And um, so I knocked on their door. I said, do you think I could come and take some photographs of your plane? So they said, oh, that'd be, that'd be fine. So I did this commission with the plane, but I took about 300 other photographs of the plane. And I thought that would be nice for the on Vogue show to do a couple of paintings because of the era of the plane. Mm. Um, and so that's how the painting that you've got on your blog Came, came about and her the plane's name is Betsy oh, so yeah appropriate yeah so um when we were doing the show I they said where is the show and I said oh it's in Fitiang and they said we fly to Fitiang and we could fly you to your show oh so I God. said oh that'd be nice and so between us we ended up um like doing like a day trip and selling tickets those there's, there's 30 places that you can get on the on the plane and we start we just sold tickets and I just thought that'd be a really nice way, like a theme, mm. a continuation of the theme for the show. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And just a nice
1: thing because Fitianga is like, most of my people are in Auckland, mm. yeah, but it's a nice day trip out. It's a long way to go to Fitianga, but if you go in a plane, it's, you know, it's really exciting. Mm. How cool. Um, so I, I put it up on, I think on my newsletter and my Facebook page and I said to Boo oh, I don't know whether this is going to work or not. And I just had this like really worried feeling and uh, sold out. Within like two days. Wow. And so I said to Jeff next door, oh, maybe we should put another flight on. So we put another flight on, sold that. And then uh, another lovely lady that I know, she said, oh, can we do this for our Christmas party? And so she booked out another one for her Christmas party. Oh my party. God, that's incredible. Yeah, it was, it was, it was just very different. and it Yeah, was,
0: that's so cool. I mean, you have such great ideas.
1: It was like really that. good, but I, but I like history and vintage mm, mm. and it, when I would tell people, like when I teach at like Evelyn Page, the retirement village, oh, that was the first plane I ever went on. And they would have these memories of when you go on the plane, because of the way it stands on the tarmac, it's like that. And they said, you have to climb up to get to the front and mm. because it's on such a slant and oh, wow. little memories like that. So many people yeah. remember those planes. Yeah,
0: that is very cool. And it seems like you, I mean, again, we'll we'll talk more about this in a minute, but it seems like you have a really sort of holistic approach to what you're doing, you know. Yeah.
1: It's it's the whole experience almost. I what, think that's probably my husband and his advertising, yeah, making me sort of think about all yeah. of that stuff, which is
0: great, and it's quite a, you know, it's probably something that's quite unique to you in a way.
1: Well, I think it depends what sort of paintings you do. Mm. Um, so I would promote myself in areas that I think these paintings will go well so for for, the, for that show I promoted it with the I, th- I can't remember what it, what it was called aviation news I think and I wrote an article because I remember my husband saying journalists are really lazy you have to just write it for them and they're more likely to publish something mm. if you've written it for them mm. so I wrote a big article sent it into aviation news and they published it with a photograph they said this is really nice and different it's not what we would normally have it's obviously Mm. to do with planes Mm. and you're doing your day trip to the you know with the fly dc3 um they said absolutely we'll Mm. publish it
0: it's a good fit isn't it yeah something a bit different
1: and then somebody bought a painting from seeing it in there yeah amazing
0: so good. And I can actually see the connection with your husband's background. You know, he, yeah. he's probably a good, has been a good influence. Absolutely. On, on that sort of big big
1: picture stuff. Oh, he's been so helpful. Mm. Really, really helpful. Yeah.
0: That's very cool. So then there was the beauty series and more sort of ladies in cars and ladies in planes. And then, yeah, can you talk about those other series and how they fit in with, with all the other stuff?
1: So um, after On Vogue... I just I think because I've been doing more solos you've got to think about stuff as a theme. And now rather than just doing bits and bobs, I do do little bits and bobs sometimes, but I concentrate more on themes just so that I can do lots of research. And after on Vogue, I did a theme on film noir which I absolutely loved. It was a massive learning curve for me and it's the first time that I've done on location shoots. Um that was really good. And after that, I did beauty. So I just wanted to make it so beautiful that you just had to buy this painting. Mm. So, so what, what's,
0: what's beauty in your eyes? What's, what's a beautiful it was, painting? Um, so
1: this one I did down Oriwa Beach. Um, and it was just the flowing fabrics and serenity and peacefulness and just beautiful. Mm. And what sort of color palettes? Um, the main ones that I really liked were the, the lilacs. But it was really interesting because the model and i got down to the beach before it got light so when the sun is coming up there's a quite a vast change in light quite quickly and so my photographs changed like the the difference in colors in my photograph mm. and also depending on where i was compared to the sun like some of them were orange some of them were blue some of them were lilac just the color palette was astounding Mm, beautiful
0: yeah and they feel they're very soft they have a real softness don't they yeah which is you kind of can't help but engage with yeah
1: yeah they're gorgeous so Ah. um so after that i did some more vogie vogie stuff um but this year um i've done some cocktail paintings for a group show at black door which starts next thursday the 5th of august um which I thought it'd be really cool to do. Cocktails themselves are quite fanciful, aren't they? And they've got mm. all these funny names. Yeah. And I just thought the way that the names of the cocktails and the cocktails themselves, I can envisage a, a certain person drinking that cocktail, looking a certain way. Mm. Um, so it, I've done like a Pink Lady, um, La Vie en Rouge, White Russian, all these different cocktails. And then it got the outfits and everything to match mm. the different um cocktails. different cocktails, which i've had I've had a lot of fun yeah. researching and and do doing you, it do and you make
0: the cocktails and drink them afterwards?
1: well no <laughs> most of the most of them I did them out of um food coloring but oh, then, uh, but then but then on the day it was about ten o'clock in the morning, and I set to boot. I can't. I can't make this white Russian. I said you are going to have to go and make one. So he went off into the kitchen, came back with this white Russian. <laughs> we had a little sip at ten o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah.
0: Is it, do you drink the cocktails before the painting? Or after I know. Things? Yeah. <laughs> Might improve the painting. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Oh, that sounds so cool. And you've just had such an incredible journey. I mean, you are just on fire. I actually can't imagine when or how you fit in all these paintings into your life. I mean, you, oh, you I, seem I prolific.
1: Just, I'm just obsessed. I just could do, if I had more time, I would do more. Really? I really would. Last, last year, um, did a, I was started with a gallery called, um, the New Zealand Art Lounge, um, uh, in Tauranga. And she goes, I want you to do an exhibition before Christmas. And this was September. And I'm like, okay. Then. Really? So, so I think she said, we'll start in November. I'm like, okay then. Wow. So I had, I don't know, 11 weeks She said, I don't really care if they're new work. We just want to introduce you as, you know, our new artist. And it doesn't really matter, you know, if they're old paintings or not, you know, it could be a mixture. So uh, I mock everything up on Photoshop so I can see what the photograph, what the paintings look like next to each other. Mm -hmm. And they look like a big jumble of nothingness. So just nothing matched, nothing. So I said, I'm just going to have to paint new. So I had to set up a very speedy photo shoot, work out sort of what I was going to do. And then, paint i I think i did nine paintings wow in about 11 weeks it's like
0: that's incredible and they're big they're all big aren't they they
1: were quite big um but do you know what that was the bestest thing i really really enjoyed it because you haven't got time to procrastinate and Mm. think oh i don't know you know whether i should do this painting or this painting Mm. you've just got to plan these nine paintings this is what i'm doing buy nine canvases Do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can see that.
1: And I worked really, really well. Mm.
0: And did you think of a theme again for that exhibition?
1: Well, over the years when I've done research, I know what I do and I don't like. Um, So I sort of looked at different poses and different outfits and it was still like vintage Vogue. So it was just what I could could get at the time. So I had another model, Emma, who is – just beautiful. I've worked with her a few times, so she sort of gets what I need and mm. we have lots of fun. And she just came over and we just got it done. But I had quite a few outfits that I've already got, but then uh, I could source other outfits. Mm. Um and don't forget there was COVID and everything mm. going on last year. So I there wasn't, you know, a huge mm. amount. So I I sort of like made do with what I had. Wow. And
0: so, yeah, I'm dying to hear about your your process. Um, I mean, it's quite interesting, I think, the process for one painting but also the process for setting up for a whole exhibition like that one. Yeah. So it would be interesting probably to talk about both. But can you just tell us, I know that you are really interested in, in the research and getting all the details right and that you set up a, a photo shoot and you have actual outfits and actual models, and which is amazing. Um, yeah, so
1: can you tell us from beginning to end how that looks? Um, uh, well, I'll probably do <laughs> my first proper one was probably the on Vogue one with the vintage Vogue covers, and so uh, I turn up. Right, I have to like in the past I'd go to first scene fancy dress, mm-hmm. and I'd go and get a whole load of outfits for that, um, which I still do. But now I found Save Mart in Northcote. Oh, oh, really? Just amazing. Like the outfits, are like seven dollars. And they've got really odd things. It's just perfect. Great. So I would put them all on my daughter. She would do stupid poses and silly faces. And we'd just laugh and laugh and laugh. But I'd just get the look that I want. And then it, I would probably have about eight different outfits, bag them all up, take them to my shoot. And then I'd have photographs. over for the Vintage Vogue, um, uh, I'd get ones that I am quite intrigued by the lighting. Um, and over the years, I've sort of bought more and more photographic equipment and lighting. And mm. I like to try and work out how they've done that, how they've lit that. Why is that the background lighter than that bit? And, you know, when you get the halo of, like, around your hair and mm. stuff like that, just and your camera angle, everything that you think of. I've become more of a, probably a photographer than anything, but just the angle of where you're standing and the lighting and your camera settings. I just really, really enjoy that. Um, and my first model, Rebecca Coleman Smith, perfect. She's so good. She's just got the look. Mm. She just holds like she's a, she was a her a burlesque dancer, and her stage name was Lida Petit. So she knows how to stand. She knows mm. how to pose. She knows how to hold her hands mm. and hold her head. She's just brilliant. Mm. Um. So that was sort of how I did that. So you have
0: the model and the clothing. Yeah. How do you set up the rest of the rest of the set?
1: Um whatever I can get. So I used to use my husband's downstairs garage car park at his work in Auckland because it was quite a big area. They did have softbox lighting which I could use and a backdrop. Um otherwise um I do it at home or I've just done one on Sunday at our local vintage store, the guru knows, mm. just different different How places. Amazing.
0: And it is it is every detail in that in that set no. that you photograph. No. So it's just the main the main
1: details? So um sometimes I can I can put a background in it when I paint it. So she can be in a bar. She might not be in a bar when I take the photograph, but I can paint her in a bar.
2: Yeah.
1: Um or I can just create something in the background, something like maybe a bit blurry to make it like Mm. more knocked back.
0: And you're happy to create a background not from a photograph or not from a natural place?
1: Sometimes. It depends. When I did the the next show with this film noir, I wanted to do backgrounds. I wanted to do an environment that was that the model was actually in at that time and I captured it. So I went on a little scout to see interesting buildings in auckland and i asked on facebook and so many people came up with these really good suggestions like the old auckland railway um um hotel de bret around Mm -hmm. there because that's quite art deco and i remember a a lady that i borrowed some shoes for a shoe painting and she uh, was at the old george court's building on mercury lane Mm -hmm. and i didn't know anything about it i just remember the staircase was just stunning so I said to her, oh, do you think I could um, get your key and just come and let myself in and do just, I don't need your apartment, I just need the staircase. She said, oh, that's, that's cool. So um, I had all these different locations lined up, but then I didn't have a model because Rebecca Coleman-Smith had moved to Australia. And I was doing a art residence thing and this, this lady came up to me. She said, oh, we've got some of your paintings that we bought from Parnell. And I said, oh, it's so nice to meet you. And her daughter was there looking... Absolutely beautiful. I'm like, oh, you're rather nice. <laughs> and I was saying to them that my model had moved to Australia. Mm. And the next day, got an email from the daughter going, if you ever need a model. I'm like, oh, well, actually,
0: oh, I wow. do. So, um, and you'd noticed her. Yes.
1: Yeah. And she'd never, you know, she was, a, she was a ballet dancer. But you could tell because she was so elegant and mm. beautiful. And um, I said, right, I want to do a location shoot. I've got f- five locations in Auckland. But you're gonna have to get changed in the car. She said, "Oh, that's fine. I don't mind." So we had all the outfits in bags, in a suitcase, in the boot, or my photographic equipment in a suitcase, in the boot. And so every time we went somewhere, I could just take all my stuff in the suitcase and get it out when we we're in there. Um, and she turned up with her hair all in the like 1940s and oh the my makeup God. and. And I had all these storylines for her, like the film noir is basically like the detective films of mm. the like dark ones from the um, after the war. Um, and I had like you're a femme fatale, you've just shot your husband, or you've just been unfaithful to your husband, you've just stole someone's money, you're always drinking whiskey, and you're always smoking. <laughs> so we had all these little storylines. Yeah, she was brilliant, and she got into character. She was so good, and thankfully, because we're in on location, there was no power. I'd taken my I have a little LED light, a handheld battery-driven one, so I could get some real dramatic lighting, mm. um, some up lighting. So it just made it just mm. like so it looked like it was night time. Even it was daytime, it looked like it was the nighttime. And then in the, the Mercury Lane George Courts building, I could do it so that where you've got the slats of the the staircase. You could do the light through there so you can see the the shadows of the slats mm, and just make it real. She wow. had a little gun that I actually got from the $2 shop, <laughs> a little plastic gun, but it looked like a proper gun. And it just, it was lovely. How amazing. Yeah.
0: Wow. And do you find that, you know, when you've got that, when you've, when you've made that perfect set, do you find that incredibly motivating? You're just dying to go home and and paint. I can't it? wait to go home. I can and imagine, look at them. Yeah, yeah, because it's such an incredible preparation. You just must get so excited. I
1: think sometimes my models look at me as if I'm a little mad because I <laughs> go a little bit squeaky like, "Oh, oh this
0: is so exciting." <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine though. I feel that just listening to you talking about it. Oh, makes I just me feel I just, like that. I just love it. Yeah, the whole process is incredible.
1: Yeah, my Emma. Um, uh, the most like the, the film noir one was really good for the lighting practice, because if you imagine an old detective's like room, you've got light shining in through blinds. You've got the stripes on the face. You've got a bit of misty lighting, low lighting. Um But you can only get that with a single light source. You can only get those shadows with my like lots of LED bulbs that I've got. You can't get that. So mm. it was a real big learning curve how I was going to do that and I mm. practiced and practiced and practiced and in the end I got myself a spotlight. So I like to do things that are quite challenging and mm. you have to learn how to do them because I'm not a photographer. Mm. Um, have you
0: ever thought about employing a photographer?
1: No, I want to do it myself. I don't want someone else to tell me what to do. No,
0: because you're, only, only you're creating a painting, I guess, aren't you?
1: And I know what I want to mm. I suppose I could do, but you I probably should that, do. I do enjoy, enjoy that. I that really do enjoy it. that. They probably get a lot more clear of my, lots of my photographs are blurry. It's like, oh dear. Yeah. It's a shame.
0: But still enough for the, for the painting. I yeah. yeah.
1: But the most, the most challenging photo shoot was the Lauren Boyle one with the Olympic swimmer. Um, Cause I want to, I really one day want to get accepted into the Adams portraiture awards. Mm-hmm. Four times I've been rejected. Wow. Oh. Really? So, uh, I thought, right, I'm going to do one that they're not going to be able to say no. And, and I want to do Lauren Boyle because we swim in our family. My daughter's a swimmer. Mm. And I thought.
0: Is Lauren Boyle an Olympic swimmer? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And uh, when you see swimmers, they can't really be that feminine and elegant And because they've got their hat and goggles and tracksuits, and all you see is their fingernails. Oh, that's, you can see them fiddling with their goggles. It's like, Oh, they've got a little bit of, you know, mm. flashiness going on there. Um, and I thought, wouldn't it be nice to actually paint a swimmer looking beautiful like she would be going out rather than just in a tracksuit and a hat and goggles. Mm. But then I thought, well, how can you push that further? Um, and uh, I thought, well, well, just do it underwater because that's her natural environment. So I looked at sort of traditional portraits. I went to the Auckland Art Gallery and looked at traditional portraits in there Um and I just was wondering how I could go about doing this. Um, uh, so I bought an old chair, like a fancy chair, it was only cheap from Trade Me. And uh, I made this big foo-foo netting, red netting. So I, 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 and like a big dress mm. that she could wear under the water. Um and bought these shoes. She's got big feet because she's a swimmer. they were size 11. So I bought her these shoes from Kmart, like really, really high ones. Mm. And um, she said, yeah, no, that's cool. I'm, I'm up for that. I'll do that. Um, so I did a little practice. We go swimming as well, my husband and I. So we did a little practice and I hired some dive torches that the divers use mm-hmm. just for a bit of lighting. Because I thought nothing like with a red dress, you're not going to see the redness unless you've got like a little bit of light on there. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so we did a little bit of practice. Oh, so when it got to the actual day, I was absolutely bricking myself. We did a, little, a few little practices on the water. Then we, we put the chair and the chair floated. Yeah, I was I'm wondering like, about oh that. Oh my goodness, nothing's <laughs> going to work. And they had these massive, like, the, because the swimmers, they've got these big, heavy kettlebells. So we drilled some hooks into the chair and these big 15 kg kettlebells and sank it to the bottom. And we had the lights on tripods, so I could move them. We had um, a tank, and so she had air. Mm. And my husband had a GoPro, so that like, with the underwater casing, so we could take the photographs. So he took the photographs, and I floofed around. So we did some shots. She had the she could breathe with her with the mask. Yeah. And for those ones, I got all the dress floofy. so I could sort of have mm. it with a bit of movement, have her hair moving. Yeah. And then um, when it got to do the face, we just took that off. And being a swimmer, she could just stand underwater for so long, and we mm. took heaps and heaps of photographs.
0: Oh, amazing, and in a public swimming pool or a, a at Northern
1: miss- Arena in um, Silverdale, oh, where wow. we, and they said, no, that's fine, you can you can do that there. So um, good! I yeah. need to
0: put a photo of that on your on your blog. Oh, so you it was it.
1: I've got a video. If you look on my website, there's a video section. There's a video of the actual photo shoot. Mm. Um, but it was really good. So anyway, I entered into the Adam's portraiture It wasn't. It wasn't accepted. I'm like, oh, oh no!
0: But I'm. I feel sure that it will be at some point.
1: Well, no, I put it into another exhibition and it won first prize. So really, it's just. Mm. But that is that is the nature of mm. like. I think when I was first starting out. If I hadn't I've got accepted into something, I'd be like, "Well, that's not very nice, is it? My mm. work must be rubbish." Mm. Whereas now it's like, uh, "I am going to get accepted. I am going to paint a painting that you cannot refuse." Yeah,
0: and you know you've done a great painting that so, people are loving.
1: Yeah, and also it's the experience you've you've learned something, mm, that's and that's right. just as important.
0: And you've done something that you love and that you yeah. feel good about. That's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, and eventually they'll see the light.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, I'm
0: sure. I'm sure. And I know you've painted um, Dame Trilise Cooper.
1: Oh, that was another one for the Adam portraiture, Awards. Or was it? Oh, yes. And I met her at um, the Auckland Museum Circle. I think that thing at the top. Um, it was a fundraiser, and I had I'd been asked to donate a print, and it was a big high tea thing. And Trelise had donated this jacket, and she was li- literally sitting behind me. And I looked at her hair. I'm like, I have to paint that hair. Look at that <laughs> hair; it's just lovely. So I went up to her and I said. Uh, I don't suppose you'd um, let me paint you for the Adams portraiture wash? She goes, oh, yeah, sure. I'm like, oh, really? So she gave me her card and she said, phone my PA. Two, oh no, Not two years, but 18 months it took me to actually get an appointment to see her. And wow. my view changed quite a lot over that time as to how I was going to paint her. Mm. And uh, I asked the PA first if I could meet her. And just say, this is what I think I want to do. Do you think this captures her? And she said, absolutely not. She said, she's not flowery. She's not flouncy. Really? She said, the fashion business is quite hard. And Trulice mostly wears black. I'm like, oh, that wasn't, really wasn't what I was going for at no, all. No, it's
0: surprising. So
1: I was thinking like Devil Wears Prada instead. I was mm. thinking that sort of mm. thing. Wow. And so when I turned up, um, actually got to do the photo shoot with her, she'd laid all these outfits out which is really sweet. Yeah. And um one of them with this really cool studded leather jacket. And I said I want you to do like a power pose. And so she just did all these poses. I was only in there for about half an hour. And um I thought I've got to paint this jacket. I don't know how I'm going to paint it because it was had all these like individual big stud things. Mm. And um so I painted them all and it was a really that again was a really good experience. Mm. And That's then incredible. I did a little portfolio which I sent to the um New Zealand Portrait Gallery with my entry and I said to Trilise, oh do you think I could have some fabric I can I can coat my portfolio with and a label. So I've sewed a label into it, did all this wow. and then it wasn't selected and I was really, really upset. Mm. I was ever so upset mm. Um, but still determined yeah, that I would yeah, be that, accepted. It will
0: happen. And did they ever give you any feedback?
1: No, but they um, it was only about a year later they did a a big exhibition all about create new zealand creative women um and they said can we have your portrait for that so they had the portrait and then they had like a mannequin with the jacket the Mm, studded jacket and i was chuffed to bits with that i thought that was lovely so
0: they're obviously acknowledging a word yeah Yeah. it just wasn't the winner the final winner but even that
1: even that was an experience yeah brilliant
0: and it's so great that people are so open to supporting you and, and being involved. I
1: think there's thing about art, isn't there? Mm. You know, but I think a lot
0: of it's about you and the person you are and how you approach people.
1: I don't know. I'm normally, I wouldn't go and talk to people normally, but when it comes to art, I'll go and talk to anybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: when it comes to working towards a painting. I know, yes. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd ask anyone anything
1: to, mm. yeah. And would you
0: like to paint more sort of well-known New Zealand women or...?
1: Mean. There's a couple that that I've thought about that I might like, but more in my interests, like fashion, or like I really like the swimming. Um, like one day I'd probably, might quite like to play Sophie Pascoe or something mm. like that. Um, mm. there's another New Zealand designer I can't remember her name, but she does really nice silky fabric dresses, and quite like to do her. Mm. I think for me, it's got to be in keeping with what I'm doing. Yeah, and
0: what you're interested in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, it's, just, it's such an amazing process. And do you actually keep your photographs of your sets? I mean, that could be a, a whole new exhibition, couldn't
1: it? Oh, i dread to think how many photographs. I did a photo shoot on Sunday and I think about 700 photographs.
0: And you keep them all?
1: I don't throw anything away. I'm a hoarder.
0: It's so good, though. I mean, I'm sure you'll come back to them and use them yes. on stage or yeah. refer to them.
1: There are lots of unpainted paintings because mm. when you do when you do like a theme for a solo show you do those paintings and then you move on mm. there's a whole other load of paintings that you could do that's right but because I do at the moment I'm doing quite a few shows mm. just
0: you've almost done the thinking and the research and they're kind of sitting there
1: for the right moment I know because I've, I've already done my photo shoot I've got a solo in November in Tauranga so I've already started painting for that and where's that uh, the art lounge mm-hmm. in Tauranga um, but I had a new model for that. But then uh, I very naughtily, I've already done my photo shoot for my theme after that, really? which is really naughty.
0: So naughty, Ingrid. No, it is.
1: Because <laughs> I should be painting for November.
0: But that, I mean, you've just, you're so motivated, aren't you? And you've don't got know what's so wrong many me. ideas. I know, it's just. But isn't that great? That's a fantastic thing to One of my friends said to me
1: yesterday, you're like an energizer bunny. <laughs> you are a bit. Yeah, I can
0: totally see that. But how incredible to feel like, you know, you want to be painting so passionately every single day and, you know, there's not enough hours in the day and you've got so many ideas and so many things it's that you horrible want to no,
1: it, it is nice, but sometimes it's hard because there's there isn't enough hours in the day to mm. do what you want to do and painting takes time. You can't just mm. you know, when I when I do a photo shoot, I come home and uh, within couple of hours I know exactly which photographs I'm going to be working from and mm. that's instant gratification mm, yeah but you've got all the paint, and, and I love the painting aspect but so I think mm. I just want to just do the next I do to do the next one the next yeah. one's going to be better
0: I can imagine and with the actual um painting part of your process we're actually going to have to start wrapping it up at some point but I've still got so many things I want to ask you so I've uh, just quickly um what is your actual painting process you you say that you have started oils were
1: you working in acrylics before i was working in acrylics before um part of the reason for oils was because i sort of wanted to challenge myself and do something different also from a snobbery point of view i'm thinking if I paint in oils, will I get accepted into Adam's Portrait Awards? Mm, That's yeah. in the back of my mind, but I, but also everyone loves oils, mm. and they've artists go. I'll never go back to acrylics. So I just wanted mm. to challenge myself.
0: Mm. How are you finding it?
1: I love it. Do you? I absolutely love it. Everyone and
0: I know who's gone onto oils just loves it.
1: Well, I think um, because I work in thin layers as well, they dry the next day, so I can I don't have to wait for ages for them to dry. Mm because otherwise you lose your excitement, the momentum.
0: Mm-hmm. And when you actually
1: start a new painting, what's your process? Well, it's, cha- <laughs> it's changed this week. Um, uh, this week, because you can paint oils over acrylics. And uh, sometimes and I've done an oil painting, I've left my edges, and then you have to paint the edges in oil, and they take so long to dry. So I'm painting all my edges first in acrylics, um, and I might do a base coat in acrylics, might do. But now um, if I do like a big wash in oils and then I start doing a, I've only just re- realized this, but you can start doing your dark bits, but then you can just, if it's still wet, you can just rub out the lighter bits. Mm. I didn't know you could do that. Oh, wow. So, uh, And how do you draw up your, your images? Um, uh, f- mostly from a grid. Just to make sure it's right. Mm. And um so sometimes it's just a grid like that. Sometimes I can put diagonal lines if it's and like make the grid smaller if it's if it's a complicated thing. Mm.
0: Um And what do you, most... you what do you actually use? What do you mean? What um what do you use to draw in the image?
1: Um, just pencil.
0: Over the wash. Yeah. And then that? that you oh can't no, I put my that. pencil
1: and then I wash over the pencil. Right. And then, and then that then... takes some of the pencil sharpness away. Yeah yeah oh yeah only very very thin lines yeah Yeah. but then uh, you know other areas like if it's like that bit you you do much more carefully but the rest you just sort of Mm. do it as you go Mm.
0: interesting Mm. and how long does a painting
1: take normally a couple of weeks something like that Mm. when I was doing my show last year I had to get one done just over a week that was
0: and do you have quite a few on the go at the same time
1: Mm. yeah but within the same series yes so at the moment um uh, for november i'm on my i've just started my fifth painting so i'll get done way before november then i can start on my next thing (laughs) you
0: are so excitable i love it (laughs) (laughs) i love it so uh, yeah we've been going for almost time so um, I'm not going to actually talk to you about your business and marketing and all of that sort of commercial side because you've got such an interesting and varied practice and such a fascinating process that, you know, I think it's been great to talk about that mostly. But um, people can go to your website. What's your website address? Just ingrid.co.nz. And uh, they
1: can buy prints from there, can't they? And- you can buy prints um, uh, on the contact page i think that's got the galleries that i'm with i'm with black door art Maticana, art lounge in tauranga bread and butter they're there online now um are we reframing they have my stuff as well
0: great and uh yeah and you've also got the instagram and facebook happening so
1: instagram and facebook
0: yeah yeah that's on the link is do come, come and blog. chat
1: to me on there because i do like having chats on on facebook and yeah, instagram yeah
0: yeah definitely and um just a couple of last questions to finish. Do you have, or what advice would you give to people starting out on the People starting journey? out
1: just do lots and lots of different things because you don't know what you don't know. And uh, you might find that you've got a little niche that you didn't know that you had. So try all sorts of different mediums, all sorts of subjects to find out where you, before you get pigeonholed. Um, just don't be scared. Don't be scared of rejection. Use that to spur you on. And listen to people's criticism as well. Mm. Sometimes people don't know what they're talking about, but sometimes you will get something that will help you.
0: Yeah. Good advice. And what do you love most about what you do? It
1: just makes me happy. I love it. I absolutely love it. A little bit obsessive with it. I think I would be mad if I didn't paint. I think most artists would say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah yeah I think
0: there's a real sort of need to to be making, isn't there for many people yeah and I'd love to know if you have any spare time and if so, what do you actually do in it? Paint. paint <laughs> I thought you might say that
1: no, I don't really do i mean we go to we go to the gym and uh, that's about it Amazing. Just, yeah i love i love my home life with my family mm. and my your studios at home my my studio's at home, and my husband's Lovely, my daughter is hilarious. We just we're just crying with laughter most of the time because mm. she's just so silly, <laughs>
0: like a <in> mum, perhaps <laughs> in a good way. and um Ingrid, what is in the future for you, do you think?
1: I would definitely get into the Adams Portrait Awards. That is my yes. best hat anyway. that's going to um, definitely happen. Yeah, um so just my different themes. I've got vintage hats for November. Next is going to be retro. Cool. I've been delving into Mary Quant and oh, things yes. like that. I'm very excited That's about that. That's my
0: favourite era. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. Can't you tell
1: from my house? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, need to come and do a fo- I need to come and do a photo shoot here, don't you I? do. Please do. Yes.
0: Yeah. No, Love. love retro so much. So, yeah,
1: just more painting, really. Yeah. Living the life.
0: Oh, you certainly are. And, you know, it's just the most fascinating story. And I just can't wipe the smile off my face. <laughs> just talking to you. You know, you're such a vivacious bubbly person. You're so passionate about what you do. Thank you, you uh, Your work is incredible and is so varied and has got such beautiful stories attached to it. You know, each, each painting, I think everyone listening to this podcast will have a new appre- appreciation for your work because you know, when you actually understand the stories that you create behind it and the places that you go to and the people you talk to and all the research that you do and the, the photography and the, the set-up and, and the connections with the models and, you know, that's just the beginning part of your process for making a new painting and I just think it's completely fascinating. I think you're very talented. You're obviously oh, good you. at doing lots of different things as well as painting. And, um, you know, connecting with people as well. And also just, you know, having that kind of overarching, holistic approach to what you do is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I just love it. I know you love it. And I think
1: everybody should, if you're out there and you want to do painting, you need to paint. That's good, all. Good you, everybody needs to do art.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. So thank you so very much for Thank you for sharing. having
1: me. It's been very nice to be here. I saw, I'm sorry I haven't droned on too much. Oh, <laughs> not at
0: all. It's just been a
2: really interesting story. So thank you thank so much, you. Ingrid. Thank you.